Hello and welcome into another episode on the Labumba Pastors blog. I'm Masumba Jonathan. Today's lesson is entitled Acts 12, God's Vengeance. Our text to begin is Acts chapter 12 from verse 20 to verse 23, which says this. Now Herod was angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, and they came to him with one accord. And having persuaded Blastus, the king's chamberlain, they asked for peace because their country depended on the king's country for food. On an appointed day, Herod put on his royal robes, took his seat upon the throne, and delivered an oration to them. And the people were shouting, The voice of a god and not of a man. Immediately, an angel of the Lord struck him down, because he did not give God the glory, and he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. In our last lesson from Acts, we read of King Herod's execution of James and his imprisonment of Peter, where he intended to execute Peter as well. We will study the story of Peter's rescue, but first we're going to consider a point illustrated to us by the acts of King Herod and his death. There are several King Herods mentioned in the New Testament. This one was Herod Agrippa I, or Herod Agrippa. He reigned from the years 37 to 44 AD. He was a grandson to Herod the Great, who was the Herod who sought to destroy Jesus. Agrippa I was the nephew of Herod Aristobulus. That was the Herod who was known for beheading John the Baptist and presiding over the trial of Jesus. An interesting dichotomy in the character of God is how there is no one who hates evil more than God does, while at the same time, there is no one who longs more to show mercy to an evildoer than God does. Those two features seem to oppose each other, and yet the Bible explains that it is so in the nature of God. Scripture tells us in Psalm 7 verse 11 that God is a just God, and God is angry with the wicked every day. But also true, in Ezekiel 18, verse 23, we're told, Have I any pleasure in the death of the wicked, declares the Lord God, and not rather that he should turn from his way and live? Believers have received the heart and mind of God in Christ, so we also are to be partakers in this apparent dichotomy. We have a longing for justice, and yet a desire that all would seek mercy, and escape judgment. But in this sojourning, which is how the scriptures describe a believer's life in this world, we can sometimes be overwhelmed by a sense of the unfair treatment we are all victims to through the actions of the wicked. We come to God asking, how long will this continue? When will you act? When will you change these things? When will you return? Well, when will you put all things right? We are not alone in this feeling. In the book of Habakkuk, chapter 1, from verse 2 to 4, we read the prophet saying, O Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear, or cry to you violence and you will not save? Why do you make me see iniquity, and why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed, and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted. 
And in the book of Revelation, we are told the blood of the martyred saints demands justice in heaven. In Revelation chapter 6, verse 9 and 10, we read, When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. They cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? In this story of James' execution in Acts 12, we might feel this same frustration. Herod was a man who cared not for religion, but rather political power. He had spent time in prison during the reign of Tiberius because of comments he made that offended Tiberius. Then when Tiberius died, the emperor came after Tiberius was a man named Caligula. And Herod did his best to earn favor with Caligula and Caligula appointed Herod to be tetrarch or ruler of an area in Palestine. When Caligula died and Claudius ascended to the throne, Herod sought to flatter him as well to ensure his power would be kept intact in Judea. To a large part, Herod had been successful with these intrigues. But along with his power being consolidated in Rome, he needed support from the Jewish leaders. So, the Bible mentions Herod's motive for killing James and imprisoning Peter with the intention of killing him was merely to strengthen his political power. Christians have been treated this way throughout church history. It can make us question. So, I want us to see today what God clearly says about the end of all who do not honor God and give him glory. In Herod's case, we see he became a victim of other people's political tactics against he himself. The people groups of several areas had angered Herod, so they sent messengers to try to appease him because he ruled over them and they depended on him. They flatter Herod by describing him as a god and not as a man. This was obviously a tactic to earn favor with the king, similar tactics to what Herod had used himself to gain favor from the emperors. But what did this cause instead of benefiting Herod? It brought about his death, as an angel of God struck the king dead for his arrogance in exalting himself rather than God. The book of Proverbs tells us in Proverbs 26 verse 27, Whoever digs a pit will fall into it, and a stone will come back on him who starts it rolling. God always distributes justice in the end. In Proverbs 11 verse 31 we're told, If the righteous is repaid on earth, how much more the wicked and the sinner? David instructs us not to fear, though it may seem like wicked men are prospering. In Psalm 37, from verse 10 to verse 13, we read, In just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. The wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes his teeth at him. But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he sees that his day is coming. God is the righteous judge. But interestingly, he is also the advocate of all people. He gave his son that whoever believes in him would not be judged for his sins, but would be saved from the punishment he deserves for his sins. 
Since our Heavenly Father has this balance in himself, we must also have this balance. God instructs us this way in Romans 12 from verse 19 to verse 21, saying, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. It's part of our new heart in Christ that we strongly desire the end of wickedness. Abortion, homosexuality, sexual promiscuity, divorce, murder, rape, theft, rebellion ought to all be abominations in our sight. But what must also be true of ourselves is that we desire not primarily the death of the wicked, but rather that they would turn away from their wickedness and live. Vengeance belongs to God, and no one who dishonors him will escape it. We can leave it in his hands. I don't know if such things are revealed to the dead, but imagine how quickly after murdering James, Herod found James was justified by God and enjoying heaven, while Herod was then banished to burn forever in hell. There's no escaping the judge of all the earth, and yet he desires that all people would escape his judgment. Jesus' death is proof for all of us to see that desire. Have you escaped judgment by receiving Christ as your Savior? Or are you like Herod, failing to give God the glory for your life? Will, be, will Jesus be your judge or your advocate in the final court of justice? God bless you all.